In the book called uh, Simply Christian by N.T. Wright, he proposes that there are echoes within us that call us to a place that we've never been. We long for this place, and this place feels like home, but it's just out of our reach. And those thoughts impacted me so much that I wanted to share it with you, my church family. These echoes inside of us are justice, spirituality, relationship, and beauty. These things we can't hold in our hands, but they mean so much to us. And when they're absent, there's a hole left inside of us. Justice, spirituality, relationship, and beauty. These are things that science cannot explain. And we need these things, but we can't tell you why. This voice inside us draws us to them. It's meaningful. It's important. And this is what he said, N.T. Wright. He says, we dream of justice. We glimpse it for a moment. The world at one. A world put to rights. A world where things work out, where societies function fairly and efficiently. Where we not only know what we ought to do, but we actually do it. But then we wake up. We come back to reality. But what were we dreaming when we're hearing these dreams, when we're dreaming these dreams? It's as though we can hear, not perhaps a voice itself, but the echoes of a voice, a voice speaking with calm, healing authority, speaking about justice, about things being put to right, about peace and hope and prosperity for all. The voice continues to echo in our imagination and our subconscious. This is what we're going to focus in on today. This word justice and what it means to us and where it comes from and why we yearn for it. See, the call for justice is undeniable. If you go to any playground, it won't be too long before you hear the words cried out, that's not fair. That's not fair. You can go to the most remote culture and you'll see that they have things that are right and things that are wrong. That cry for justice in our bones, it comes from being human. Now, we like to think of ourselves as fixers. We can imagine that we can fix this injustice in our world. If only we were in charge, we have the answers. I don't know how many times I've sat across the table from somebody and and they've said something like this. Well, you know how we could fix that problem, right? We just do this and we do that. and, And we have these visions that we could do something about it. If only my president were voted in, if only I was the boss, things would be different, things would change. But although we've had some amazing leaders in the fight for justice, the world still isn't fixed. We have courts and laws and judges and lawyers all working together for justice, but it still uh, seems to slip through our fingers. Innocent people still get convicted in the system that we have where people are working hard to not let that happen. In February 2017, Time Magazine reported that for the third year in a row, the number of exonerations of wrongly convicted in the United States had hit a record high. People get wrongly convicted, even with all of our uh, technology and with all these uh, educated people that have good motives working together. No matter how hard we try, justice slips through our fingers. People get away with wrongdoing and walk away laughing. 
Victims get taken advantage of and are never uh, compensated. And sometimes they spend the rest of their lives coping with sorrow and hurt and bitterness. Countries invade other countries. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer. But there are glimpses of justice. There are glimpses when the guilty do get punished and brutal tyrannies are overthrown. And sometimes wrongs are made right. But sadly, just when we feel like it's safe to relax, it suddenly all goes sideways again. See, the truth is injustice flows from all of us. I get up here every Sunday and I talk about morals and I talk about what we should do and what's right and faith, and then I still break those standards. See, we all share not just the sense that there is such a thing as justice, but a passion for it, a deep longing for things to be put right, a sense that things are disjointed and out of place. But after thousands of years of human struggle, searching, love, hope, we still can't seem to inch much closer to justice than the most ancient societies. See, the idea of justice, uh, where does that come from? Why do we know it? Why do you have a passion for it, for things to be right, for things to be fair? We all can agree that human trafficking is wrong. Did someone have to teach you that? That it's wrong to sell another human? Now, in the past, they have convinced themselves. This is how they've worked around it. They've convinced themselves that some people aren't human, if you're a certain color or a certain race. Where does this justice come from? There's three ways to explain this echo inside of us for justice. One, we can believe that fact is only a dream, a childhood fantasy that we have uh, carried with us Something that was hung over from childhood that has followed with us into adulthood. That justice is just a construct, it's something we've made up. Greed, violence, and deceit are only wrong if you get caught. The survival of the fittest, do what you have to do. That's the first option. Secondly, we can believe that these echoes are of a different world, a faraway world that we really belong It's a world that we long for and we hope to escape too, but it has little impact on this present world. Now, this doesn't help us with our justice and our thirst for it right now, but it comforts us with the idea that somewhere, someday, things will be made right. Or three, we can believe that these echoes instead are a memory of something that's inbred in us, a memory of a world that once was and a world that will be once again in the future, a whisper in our ears of a person who cares very much about this present world and about us, the one who has made us and made this world for a purpose. And he's very passionate about justice now, wrongs being made right now, ourself being made right, not just in the future, but now, and this world being rescued at last. The majority of the world believes that option three, Christians, uh, Judaism, Islam, they all agree that this world was created by God, sin ruined it, and he is passionate about righting wrongs now, and one day he will make all things right forever. Now, there are many differences between us 
uh, as Christians and those other two religions. And because they deny Jesus Christ, that means we do not worship the same God. But I don't think it's a coincidence that these truths are the one thing that we all can agree on. See, this isn't just a dream. It's an echo of a voice calling us back to what we had before. See, Jesus' whole ministry was about righting wrongs, healing the sick, rebuking the hypocrite, defending the weak, and ultimately dying on the cross to right the terrible effects on this world that sin brought. But like always happens, we as humans tend to pervert the truth to benefit us. There's always been Christians that have used justice like a weapon. The Crusades, the Spanish Inquisitions, the Salem Witch Trials, American Slavery. The church has been responsible for more than its own fair share of injustice. And there have been times where Christians were part of the problem rather than part of the solution. But see, the Bible does not project the idea of followers of Christ getting everything right. In fact, much of the New Testament is written to correct the Christian. And also another problem is sometimes we confuse a Christian nation with actual Christians. And sometimes we confuse church-going people with actual followers of Jesus. One mark of a sincere Christian is longing for God's will to be done on this earth as it is in heaven. See, those that are truly Jesus followers will be passionate about justice, about the world being set right, longing for the day when we finally see Jesus come and make all things new, all things just, and all things right. See, God's passion for justice must become ours as well. We must be passionate also about telling the stories that the skeptics in this Western world have forgotten. For example, although many churches and pastors supported American slavery and ignored it, ultimately it was passionate Christians who got together and made it their life's mission to end it. William Wilberforce in England and John Woolman in America. The justice described in God's word motivated a pastor by the name of Martin Luther King to peacefully protest racism. Pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer was killed by Nazis while standing against injustice. See, Jesus was never part of the majority and sincere. Jesus' followers most likely won't be either, even in church, even in a Christian nation. John 15, 18, Jesus said, if the world hates you, Know that it's hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Now there's still those that are passionate and motivated by their Christian faith to risk their lives and to sacrifice their time and their energy and their resources in this passion for justice. What am I saying? I'm saying this desire for justice is a central feature of human life and we all share it. And although it is expressed in different ways and sometimes it gets twisted and sometimes it goes wrong, sometimes there are what 
we would call righteous mobs that want to see someone pay, and sometimes things go sideways. But when emotions cool down, we can all agree that we long for things to be right in the world. Now, Christians believe that this is because, as humans, we all have heard an echo from deep within, an echo of a voice that calls us to live a different way. And we believe that Jesus is that voice who became human, and he did what needed to be done to bring about justice and make all things right in the world. Psalms 33, 4 through 5, it says, For the word of the Lord is upright, and all of his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of, this, of his steadfast love of the Lord. Isaiah 1.17 says, learn to do good and seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Proverbs 28.5 says, evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand it completely. Micah 6.8 says, oh man, what is good? What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? Matthew 23, 23 says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe of mint and dill and uh, cumin and have neglected the way to your matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. See, this echo inside of you that says some things are wrong, and when innocents are hurt, it screams out to you that that's not right. This is the echo of the voice of your maker. And hopefully, no matter who you are this morning, and where you stand sociologically or politically, or whether you belong to a group called atheist or theist or agnostic, we can all agree that stealing is wrong. And domestic abuse is wrong and murder is wrong. But see, if you believe this all happened on accident, then really there is no right or wrong. There are only things that just happen. If this is all chaos and this is all just the result of blind evolutionary uh, happenstance, then, then there is no one to appeal to. See, morality demands a judge and a law. And we live right now in what people call the age of outrage. But who are you appealing to? Who are you saying you say it's wrong for this to happen and it's wrong for that to happen? But the problem is, is you're using our structure. Right and wrong come from God. See, if truth is relative and strictly personal opinion, then there is no truth. Morality requires God. There must be a law. There must be a judge. God loves justice. But see, not only is Jesus just and holy and righteousness, he himself stepped in to justify us. See, God seeks justice is not good news for us without Jesus. It's bad news for us that God seeks justice because we are guilty. But Romans 3.23 very familiar verse to you. But let's look at the rest of it. It says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and we're justified by His grace 
as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forth as a propitiation. And that's a big Bible word that means to make amends. God set forth as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. And this was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sin. And listen to this. This is why. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier. So that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. See, that's the amazing part about this whole thing is not only God just and holy and righteous and he has a law and he will not bend, but he also is the justifier. See, he is the judge and the defense attorney. And if you put your faith in God, then you are declared innocent. God seeks justice and we should seek justice too. We should seek to right the wrongs that we see. And every time that justice calls out to us, it should remind us of how things once were and how it will be once again when Jesus comes back to set all things right once and for all. So how can you set out to right wrongs? How can you see a problem and step into it? How can you walk this out in your neighborhood? Well, maybe you know a shut-in that has no one Allow yourself to feel that. Dwell on the fact that that's not right. And then do something about it. Maybe it's a child that has no father figure. Allow yourself to feel it. Dwell on the fact that that's not right. And do something about it. Let's care about justice, but also be justifiers. Bring people to the Lord. Tell them about the gospel so that they can be set right once and for all, not just in the future, but now. See, what we're doing here is we're trying to deepen our faith with the understanding that God made you and he put some things inside you. And our hope is that when you feel that calling inside you that something is not right, that you remember that that is a reflection of God and his character and his holiness. And this is also the perfect way for you to start. This whole series will be a great way for you to start conversations with people that say, I don't believe the Bible. I don't believe God. I don't believe any of it. But just ask them if they believe in right and wrong and if in evil and good. See, people often like to use that, uh, that phrase and they'll question us, if, if, if God exists, then why is there so much evil in the world? But the truth is, unless God exists, there is no such thing as evil. There is no right and wrong. There is no good and bad. But because he does, he inbred in us some innate things that says, this isn't right. This isn't Okay. We're not here on accident, and it does matter when I stab you in the back or when I hurt you or when I commit adultery, murder, if I steal from you, if I do. It does matter because there is a right and a wrong, because there is a law and a judge. And our hope is that we deepen your faith 
and remind us that that is a reflection of God and his holiness. And let's bend that desire to seek justice in line with the rest of God's character. Let's seek justice, but also do it in the right way. Arguments on the internet never solved anything. All you're doing is making the gospel look bad. Love, mercy, forgiveness. All these things need to balance with our desire for justice. Why? Because we want to be like Jesus. Let's stand to our feet and bow our heads. And take a moment and dwell on these facts. It's amazing to know that God is not only the judge, but the defense attorney. Not only is he holy and right, but he's also loving and kind, forgiving. And sometimes when we think about all the things God does, we like to imagine that we would have done it differently. But the story of the Bible, the story of Jesus, the story of salvation, was the only way that God could remain just and still forgive you of your sins. Truth is, he stood in your place. When there's someone that hurts a child on TV, on the news, I know immediately my reaction is, that needs punishment. That's wrong. It's not okay. We need to understand Just like that was wrong, we've done wrong as well. And that injustice flows from us. We need to seek to right those wrongs inside of us, right those wrongs around us. We need to stand for justice for all. Not just the people that look like us, not just the people in our country, not just the people that we love, but the people that are our enemies. God seeks justice and loves justice, and we need to be passionate about it too. Let's take a moment to seal these things in our heart. Whatever stood out to you is... God spoke to your heart about, you deal with it right now.